Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. As always, it is a privilege to be able to bring the Word of God to you. And my heart is really that this Word this morning is going to bring encouragement. It's going to help transform you a little bit. That hearts are open and ready to receive it because I believe it's a timely Word for us as we're sitting with God saying, God, what is it that you want me to share as we come to the end of another year and we begin to prepare ourselves for 24 and two weeks ago, Pastor Melissa brought a brilliant word around finishing well. That we all have a choice yeah. in life, in relationships, in connection, to choose how we finish and to finish well. That regardless of circumstance, we can carry Christ and choose to finish well, yeah. to finish strong. And so this morning, what I want to do is just layer on to that a message with this idea that our walk with Christ is in fact one that we must come with intention. Yeah. And we must come ready to play what I call the long game. Everybody say the long game. The long yeah. game. And Pastor Melissa us that so often, how does life go, right? We're coming to the end of another year. We're going to start a new year. And so so often we come ready and we come out of the gates firing in 2024. We've got dreams and we've got visions and we've got goals and we've got purpose. And we kind of know where it is we want to go. And we're ready and we start. And then what happens? Yeah. Life happens. Yeah. The year starts going on. And maybe we, we hit a few discouraging roadblocks and we're, we, you know, we get knocked around a little bit. We get tired. We're spinning plates. We're juggling balls. And so what happens is that we start to get a little bit disillusioned, yeah. right? We start to get a bit discouraged, and not all of a sudden we're not running as hard as we were, and those goals seem to be a little bit fuzzy, yeah. and so rather than finishing over that finish line strong, we kind of drag ourselves, yeah. just <laughs> leopard crawl over yeah. the finish line and go, well, we made it. Some of us, we don't even think we're going to make it, yeah. right? And if we're really honest this morning... Who can really own up to those experiences? All you big picture dreaming, dreaming people out there, right? That's me. I love the big picture. I love the warm and fuzzy feeling of, man, that goal seems amazing. If I can get there, and this is the possibilities and the what ifs, and if we just dream. But what I've learned over many years is what matters most is not how well you start, but how well you finish in anything. How well it is, how consistent we can be to get over that finish line and finish strong. And really, it's the steps that we take towards that journey that determine the end. In fact, I would say this, it's less about the goal, and it's more about determining who it is that I have to become as a person to reach that goal. Amen? And so, uh, you know, we've got to understand that this life we're talking about, we have on earth, is so limited, so small. You know, generally they say between accepting Christ and, and finishing off and checking out maybe 60, 65 years or the average person. You take that lifespan and you measure it against eternity. Yeah. It's a grain of sand in a desert. And I say that to help you realize that we only have one shot at this life. Yeah. It's a life gifted to us by the grace of God. And so we've got to make it count. We get one shot at this church. One shot. We've got to make it count. James 4.14 says, You do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We're not just flesh and blood. We're not just bones. But when God created you, knitted you in your mother's womb, and he breathed life into you, he gave you himself. What is God about? He's about eternity. He's an eternal God, and so he puts in you eternal purpose. What does that mean? It means that he wants your life 
to make a difference while you have time on this earth to influence others for Christ. Eternal purpose in the front of your mind. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in their hearts. And I think it's very easy at times to gloss over this key foundational truth that, yes, God wants you blessed. Yes, He wants you enjoying all the good things in life. He wants you to enjoy this life. But above perhaps even your own expectations or your experiences or your dreams, God wants you to be able to influence someone else for eternity. Yeah. He wants your life to carry eternal work because it says if you do that, what are you doing? You're storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. Amen. Jesus says, Matthew 6, 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And you and I have Jesus as the perfect example to follow of this. From the time he's baptized to the time that he's crucified, Jesus lived with purpose. Yeah. He lived with intentionality. It's incredible how he just made every moment of every day count for eternity. Amen. And so he gets to the end of such a significant life, and he does what? He gives his disciples the Great Commission. He doesn't say, guys, Woo! we made it. We got there in the end. Who thought I was going to come back from the dead? That's a bonus, right? I'm here. Thank God that happens. So we've done it. What a journey. What a, you know, it was a ball. We had fun. We did a few miracles. You saw me do a few things. Go home, guys. Relax. Go home to your families. Enjoy as you were. Chill out. Remember this. You've got the t-shirt. You've got the photos. It was a good three years. I mean, no, no. He doesn't say this. He says, guys, you've seen how I've lived. You've seen all that I've done, how I've loved, how I've led. Therefore, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. I'm now giving you that authority. And I want you to go, therefore, and make disciples, as Pastor Peter was saying, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Why, God, why? Because here's the deal. There's no greater eternal purpose than seeing those that are lost, and those that are hurt, and those that are broken, just somehow encountering Christ, through the life that you and I live. There's no greater purpose, right? To see people delivered and healed and restored and set free. That is a life through which you and I begin to store up treasures for ourselves in heaven. Amen. That's a life where Jesus is the center, where eternity becomes our priority. And so this idea of finishing strong, right, and making a count would suggest that at some point we have to start somewhere. Yeah. And thank God, who knows if we're not where we used to be, yeah. right? Then surely we're moving, we're on a journey, we're going somewhere. And if we're going somewhere, then there's got to be a destination. And when you begin to read down into the scriptures, read your Bible, you find the great apostle Paul articulating this very idea. He frames the Christian life, how? In the context of a race, right? To the Philippian church, Philippians 3.13, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. In other words, it's so important to keep forward momentum in yeah. your life 
to keep on track in that race to reach the prize Christ has for you. Yeah. What Paul says here is, I haven't comprehended everything. I don't know everything. There's so much more for me to learn. But one thing I've learned, one thing I know, going through everything I've done, is that I have to forget those things which are behind me. Yeah. I can't keep looking back in my life and wondering and regretting and sitting on what could have been, should have been, would have been, but never happened. Yeah. Oh, so he says, I've got to keep my eyes forward. Regret, past failures, past hurt, past sin is not going to help you in the race Christ has called you to run to reach the prize. Yeah. It may have happened, but your past hurts and your failures and your disappointments do not have the power to determine the quality of your finish in life. Only you and I can make the choice to keep moving forward. Paul says, I press towards the goal. I push forward. I take determination on my side and I keep running. Amen. Philippians 2.16, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, he sums it up here. He says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. And to his son, Timothy in the faith, he says this, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So there's this theme that you begin to catch when you read further and further into how Paul is describing the Christian life. And it's this, you and I are running a race. Yeah. Right? The race we're running, though, is not a sprint. It's not a sprint, right? Paul tells us, I fought the good fight. I pressed on towards the goal. I've kept the faith. I've not labored in vain. I've held fast to the word of life. You and I are running a race. We're all in it to win it. But this race is actually long distance. Yeah. Right. It's long distance. While you and I are still breathing, I want to tell you in this Christian life we do, this walk we have, there's always going to be more ground to cover. Yeah. There's more kilometers ahead of you. There's more obstacles we've got, got to overcome, challenges to face. And I've shared this metaphor before in church, but I feel like God is just wanting to remind us again as we come to the end of the year that if the race we're running is long distance, then we can't compete in it as if it's a sprint and expect to win. We won't make it. We won't get to the finish line. Yeah. We have to run differently. Yeah. We have to change strategy. We've got to think a little bit differently about how we do things. And I've said this before, but you know, sprinters, you look at them and they're big and they're bulky and they're muscly because why? They have muscle mass because they need maximum power output yeah. over a short distance of time, 100 meters, and then they're done. Yeah. That's all they got. Right? So they rely on a very high adrenaline burst to optimize muscle performance over short distances. Maximum power spent quickly over short distances. But when you talk to a marathon runner, yeah. that same adrenaline hit probably gets in the first K in the race. And then eventually the adrenaline starts to level out in the body and it becomes less about adrenaline highs and it becomes more about what? Endurance. Yes. The ability to keep moving in rhythm Very good. to get to the end. Amen. Far too often, Christians try and live out their faith doing life on the high of spiritual adrenaline. Yeah. Right? They want the burst. You know, it's that first encounter with God or the Holy Spirit or that past miracle or that past prophecy. 
Or there's people that don't go to church, but they're at every conference. Don't get me wrong, conferences are great, but that's all they do. They just chase the high of every conference and the high of the next big thing. But if that's all you've got, if that's all you're relying on, that buzz where you're just happy and expectant all the time because it's adrenaline and we high, you're not going to get to the finish line. Only endurance will get you across the line. Spiritual stamina and endurance in your life will get you running the race to the end and laying hold of the prize. Amen? Turn to your neighbor, tell them you need endurance. Yeah. Wow. Turn to the other neighbor and say, I'm playing the long game, baby. Yeah. So here's the, here's the reality. Here's the deal. If you and I are going to put up our hands to the call of Christ, if we're going to say, yeah, you know what, we're going to go and make disciples of what we're going to take on the Great Commission, we're going to shine Christ through our lives, at some point, you and I will come up against contention. Yes. At some point, you and I will face an enemy who does not want the Great Commission to succeed. We will fight principalities and powers, uh, rulers of the dark age that are going to contend for what? For us, for our souls, for friends, for our marriages, for our kids, right? for our futures. <laughs> and so Timothy needs to understand this. The Apostle Paul, who's his spiritual father, says to Timothy, you put your hand up. You're a leader now. You're leading people. You're leading a church. Understand this. Fight the good fight of faith. Yeah. They hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You've got to lay hold of it because the enemy is going to try and take it from you at some point. Hold fast. So there is a fight that we have to take to the enemy every day that we declare Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Amen. And if all you have is the next high... And the next spiritual adrenaline and the next bumper sticker that's nice and shiny, you're not going to last very long. right? You may get a few rounds in the ring with the enemy, but eventually he's going to take you out. right? Because here's the thing. When we take the fight to the enemy, the enemy's ready for it, but are you ready for it? And that's what I want to encourage you with this morning. Are you ready? Because if all you have is adrenaline, it's not going to take very long before you're knocked down and you don't feel like getting back up again. But when you develop spiritual stamina in your life, when you develop endurance in your life, when you can hold on to Christ and not let go regardless of what comes, then it doesn't matter what the enemy does in the ring. He might have a bit of fancy footwork and get a few punches in, but even if he knocks you down, you know you're going to get back up. You've got the strength to keep going. Enemy, it doesn't matter what you bring. I'll keep fighting. I'll keep praying. I'll keep speaking the word of God. I'll keep pressing through until there's breakthrough. Yeah. You've got to understand, I'm not a sprinter. I'm an endurance runner. And I'll keep going as long as it takes to tie you out, devil. Very Amen. Good. Very good. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run the race that is set before us. So what is the definition of endurance? It's this, the ability to withstand prolonged strain, right? The ability to withstand prolonged strain. So let me read that scripture again to you. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with the ability to withstand prolonged strain the race that is set before us. Who's excited about being a Christian right now? Who reckons they got a raw deal? No? Come on. Pastor Melissa's in. She doesn't care. She's going. The race that is set before us is one that sometimes you will just find yourselves in seasons where you feel like you are under prolonged strain. 
For that very reason, Christ calls us to endurance, not to sprint. He calls us to lay deep. There's challenges and obstacles and uphill battles that we will face, and to get through them, we need endurance. Yes. Your ability to finish well will depend on endurance, and your endurance will actually depend on what is the weight that you are carrying in your life. What I find interesting about this scripture is it says, lay aside every weight and sin. That's it. So not every weight is sin in your life. There's sin and there's just weights. Maybe they're good weights to you. Maybe it's relationships, maybe it's a career, maybe it's commitments, but they're still weights. They're still weighing you down, stopping you from running the race Christ wants you to run. And so my call to you as we come out of 2023 is maybe it's time for an audit to be done in our lives. Maybe it's time to seek God for spiritual discernment to say, God, what are the weights that I'm carrying in my life that it's time to draw? That I don't need to carry anymore. I've been carrying them out of good intention. They're not bad things, but they're weighing me down. God wants to take every weight you don't need to carry off your life so you are free to run in such a way that you will win the race he set you in. Amen. You've got to run to win. Not run just because it's fun. Run to win. I recently did a half marathon, and can I tell you, the fun side of it wears off quite quickly. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this anymore. That's right, I want to get to the end. All right, now I'm going to knuckle down and I'm going to keep going, right? But if I'm, you see, this is the thing. If I get the world's best marathon runner, I say, man, you think you're pretty cool? No worries, let's run. But I'm going to put a backpack on you with a whole lot of best of blocks inside the backpack. Let's see how you go. What happens when we do that to an athlete? All of a sudden, they have to work harder to maintain their performance. Yeah. Now they're carrying weight. It requires greater effort. Fatigue sets in faster, right? They're expending more energy and more fuel because they're carrying more weight. And the enemy's so subtle with them. Yes. Keep that relationship. Keep those three careers. Keep this. Keep that. And he just keeps putting blocks in your backpack while you're trying to run. And you don't realize that it's actually getting harder and harder to run your race. The next minute you find yourself burnt out, stressed out, not being able to finish, and you don't understand why. I want to call us this year as we come to the end and say, God, what is it that we can throw off that we can run with purpose? Amen. Yeah. James 1.12 says this, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. You see, along the race we run, the enemy will stick in these little flag points of temptation to try and catch our focus and draw our attention away from the purpose for which Christ has called us. And so often it's to try and draw us away, to run off course, and when we do that subtly over time, it's like that big ship steering just very small degrees of turning over time, we wake up one day down and go, where are we? What's happened? I'm so confused, I'm lost, I don't know what happened. I started strong, but now I'm finishing and I don't know what's going on. My world is imploding. We need spiritual stamina. We need spiritual endurance to stay focused. We need to not carry weights in our life that are going to be a burden and weigh us down. Amen. And I honestly feel like God is saying, there are people here today and people in our church world that are tired. You know, you feel like you're coming to the end of a year and you're just treading water. The water lines up here and we're doing everything we can just to stay afloat, right? And you're tired. And it's not even about finishing strong. You're just worried about finishing at all. But if that is you, then I want you to tell you 
that God is here and he's a God who lifts weights. Yes. He's a God that wants to remove weights and lift burdens and set people free. He wants to bring you back on course. If you feel like, you know what, I'm a little bit lost. I'm not sure where it is I should be. God is a God who resets the course in our lives. If we make a choice to come back to him, he says, I'll give you new resolve to keep going. And there's a beautiful scripture in Matthew 11, 28, which we spoke about briefly this morning. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me. It's an invitation for all of us to come back to Christ and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the good news is this, church, if you are running on empty, if you are carrying heavy weights and it's getting too hard, then there is rest for your souls. Yeah. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you feel burdened under great weights this morning, then I want to give you an opportunity to trade your burdens for his. Because he says, my burden will never weigh you down. It's light. And my yoke is easy. Amen. So, if the aim of the game is to finish strong and make life count, then how do we actually develop endurance in our lives? How do we stay true to the course God has set for us? Well, I want to propose this morning that finishing strong, making it count as possible, when you and I develop two things in your life. The first is the ability to maintain a God perspective in everything that we do. And the second is learning to wait. Now, I want you to stay with me because who understands most kingdom principles are countercultural, right? If I want to be first, I'm going to learn to be last. If I want to get, I'm going to learn how to sow first and give, right? So Jesus is saying here, when it comes time for you to run your race, and you want to run your race in such a way that sees you finishing strong, don't come out of the starting box firing on all cylinders, running and sprinting as hard as you can. First, I want you to learn to wait. First, I want you to learn to develop in a rhythm of, in your life of waiting on me. Right? Some of you are probably a little bit confused, but stay with me. Isaiah 40, 31, we read it this morning. But those who wait on the Lord, <coughs> wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We need three things from God, from His Holy Spirit. We need His strength and we need His perspective. When we wait on God, the Scripture promises us that He will renew our strength. Yeah. We come to God weary, we come to God tired, we come to God broken, we come to God out of answers, we come to God disillusioned. But the beautiful thing, that's all we've got to do. The invitation is just come to me. And if you would come to me and sit at the foot of the cross and sit at my feet, he says, I promise you this, I will renew your strength. I will renew your strength. By my grace, I will renew your strength so you can what? You can keep running and not growing tired. You can keep walking and not get weary. We receive God's strength now by waiting on Him. It's kind of cultural, but it's a lesson we've got to learn in our lives that to run well, we've got to wait well. Yeah. To run well, we've got to actually wait well. We've got to depend on that strength that comes from God. So when we come to Him in prayer, and we stand on His Word, and we speak His promises, say, God, I'm here, and I'm broken, and I'm tired, and I'm training water, and I don't have the answers, and I don't know what to do, so I'm just here with you. God says, that's all I want because now you're positioned in such a way that I can begin to strengthen your life. I can breathe my strength. And so when you thought you couldn't go, you've got endurance, you can keep running, you can keep going. I'm here to champion you on. Amen. You see, because our own ability will only take us so far. And here's the trap we fall into. Proverbs 3.5 says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. 
We've got to trust in God and lean on Him because our understandings in our situations and our circumstances will only get us so far. But if all we rely on is our understanding, doing life, doing things with family, juggling the balls, spinning the plates, life is very confronting, right? So when we look at life, we have our own understandings of all situations, we process what we see. God says the challenge is I want you to come to me and process it how I see it. Because when you get God's perspectives on your life, things shift and things change and you can keep running, right? It's like all those turkeys on the ground that can't fly, doing their own thing, head down. The mountain that's in front of them is very big, right? It's a big mountain that they look at and go, there's no ways I can get over or get around it. But when you wait on God, what happens? It's like drinking Red Bull. What does Red Bull do? Gives you wings. Red Bull gives you wings, right? God says, what does my strength actually do? It gives you wings. What is he talking about? My strength shifts your perspective from ground level to eagle level. When you lift up on God's strength, all of a sudden that eagle at 10,000 feet, sorry, looking at the same mountain, same challenge, same problem, it hasn't changed, I'm just looking at it with a different perspective, it's not a mountain now, it's a little molehill. And I can move past it, and I can step over it, and I can keep running my race, because I've got God perspective in my life. How often do we drown ourselves in our own perspective, and we feel broken and lost and deterred and confused, and God says, if you would just come to me, let me strengthen you, I will give you wings. I will cause you to soar above the challenges and problems you face so you can keep going. Amen? Come on. 23, 24. I want you to spend some time waiting on God. Jesus, again, did it brilliantly, did it flawlessly. Every day, every moment, he made every minute count. But then what would he do? Guys, go on your own for a bit. I'm out. And often they'd be like, where are you? Gone, lost him again. Jesus didn't care. He was happy to be lost. Right? Parents, who's happy to get lost sometimes? Right? Where's Dad? Yeah, I don't know. He'll come back eventually. He's like a homing pigeon. Leave him somewhere, he'll eventually come back. But Jesus needed time out. Why? Because he was. He needed his Father. He needed to connect in with... He needed his Father's strength. Remember, he was God, but he was human. And in his humanity, he understood the principle in Isaiah, I have to wait on my Father. I've got to receive his strength. I've got to keep my perspective, my Father's perspective. And he's getting hammered every day by Pharisees. His life's being threatened. His disciples are wavering in their faith. People are accusing him. What do you think would happen to Christ walking in his own perspective and understanding? As a human being, he'd go, this isn't worth it. This is too hard. Check me out, I'm done. He needed God's perspective, his father's perspective. He needed to keep his eyes on eternity. He was going to make it to the cross and be obedient even unto death. Amen. He lived a rhythm in his life of racing but waiting. Racing but waiting. Racing but waiting, coming back to his disciples full of his Father's Spirit. Okay, we can keep going, boys. Let's keep running. And I think the scripture is so simple that sometimes we, it's frustrating, right? Because none of us want to fail in life. I don't know, but I've never met anyone that goes, when I get to the end, I want to know that my life was a shambles. But no one ever wants to do that. We want to make an impact. We want to make a difference. We want to be remembered for something good. But then in our natural ability, what do we do? Well, we've got to press harder. We've got to go deeper. We've got to juggle more. We've got to take on more balls. We've got to get better education. We've got to keep doing this and take on more responsibility. And then we get angry at God because it's like, well, you called me to run this race. I'm so busy. You put me in it. I don't have time to wait. But God says, no, before you do anything else, those who wait on me will renew their strength. 
You've got to come back to me and wait. You know, I really believe as a church that we're living honestly in a time where we cannot elude, we cannot afford to lose vision. We cannot afford to allow the mandate of heaven to be lost on us because we're tired and we're broken and we're weary and we can't run the race anymore, right? We carry hope, we carry life, we carry the answer, but we've got to be a people and a church that can endure to the end. Jesus says, those that endure to the end will be saved. What is he saying? He says, keep running, keep going. I want to help you. I want to be your strength. I want to lift you up so you can keep running, but you've got to rely on me. I want to remind us this morning that how we finish will be determined by what we allow to stand in front of us, because that's what we move towards. So what is it that is in front of you? What is your focus? What do you wake up every day looking at? Because what you constantly are looking at is where you will go. Yeah. As Richard brilliantly, is it just finances in front of you? Is that all that concerns you? Is that all that you see? Is it career? Is it the challenge? Is it whatever situation you're in? Is that all that is in front of you? Because what's in front of you tends to lead you and guide you its direction. And so I want to just encourage you, it's time to stop and learn again to get our eyes back on Christ. Yeah. If we want to finish this race, church, yeah. and finish it well, We've got to shift our perspective. We've got to run not in our strength, but in His. Amen. Habakkuk 2.2 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Here's what I want you to get this morning. God's put eternal purpose on the inside of you, but the purpose He has for you is so much bigger than you. Yes. Why does He do that? Because He wants you to rely on Him, trust in Him, step out of the boat and have faith in His ability on your life to do what you can't do. And so this morning I want to ask you, what is your vision? What is it that you see in the race you're running? And if you're honest, you say, Justin, I'm too tired, I don't have a vision. I can't see anything. Then I want to tell you it's time to come to the altar and begin to drop those weights that are wearing you down and holding you down and causing you to just experience spiritual fatigue. Amen. A vision that's going to burn on the inside of you. I want us to come into 24 with a vision so clear set before us that there's no shadow of a doubt that that's where we're heading. That's where we're going. That's the goal. That's the prize. God is leading me. Amen. Yeah. I want us to stand this morning. <coughs> And I'm have to start the worship team, come up, Georgie. I want to just spend two, three minutes. I want to actually pray for some people this morning that feel like they're burdened down, feel like they're carrying weights. So I might just ask if we can just get the first of chairs just out of the way. And as George is playing, can I just ask, regardless of where you're at, why don't we just take a step of faith this morning? I want you to come down the front. I want you to lift your hands. And I want to stand and pray that God is going to impart into you new strength. New vision is going to give you wings so that you can begin to shift things in your world, see things differently in your life. Now's not the time to wait. Now's not the time to tarry. So can I just invite us? Why don't we come down on the altar this morning? I want to stand with you. I want to pray with you. Maybe you've been carrying things over this year that are, that are causing spiritual exhaustion in your world. And if that's you, I want to pray with you. Why don't we just step forward a little bit? Come forward, guys. Come forward. Don't be shy. This is just a time to take a bold step of faith and say, God, I want to run the race you set before me. I want to run it well. 
I want to finish strong, but I'm feeling weighed down, I'm feeling burdened, I'm feeling tired, I'm dealing with anxiety, I, I don't see necessarily clearly what's in front of me. I want to tell you in a moment God can shift perspective, in a moment God can change things. Now's the time to say, you know what, devil, no longer. I'm getting back up and I'm going to keep running the race set before me. I'm going to be faithful to the call of God on my life. For some of you, you need a bigger vision in your world. You need a bigger vision in your life for 24. A vision that's going to scare you, but that's okay because if you will latch on to God, He's going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or imagine. I don't want us just to plod through 24. Get to the end of 24 and go, Jesus, that was all right. Church was okay. I made it to church most of the time. No, I want you to look back and say, God, I'm amazed. I'm blown away at what you've done for me. How you've used my life. How you've opened doors I could never open. God, how you shifted things in my world. And when I thought I was ready to give up, you came alongside and said, don't. I'm with you. I believe in you. I love you. Let's do this together. Let's journey through 24 together. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.